Hello, I'm Taj, digitally known as Tropic Vibes, the host of Nifty Business, where we highlight NFTs and explore Web 3.0 as we move from pure speculation to creating real-world value. Have you ever gone on a road trip or been out on a social event with just a crowd that you absolutely did not enjoy being with? I think at one point in everyone's life, they've been in a setting like that, whether it is they're at a party that they don't enjoy, or maybe they're in a group or a social setting, maybe a project at work, whatever it might be, just for some reason, just being in that group, you're just absolutely miserable. Well, believe it or not, that actually can happen in this whole NFT space because being a part of a bad community can really affect your experience. But did you actually know that there are definitely warning signs as to when a bad community is being developed or built? During my time in Web2, I've definitely joined some misaligned communities or in a case where I actually built one myself. So today we're going to dive into that from what I learned doing all of that and coming into this space when I'm looking into communities and trying to identify what I like and how much value it actually has to the value of the project. That's what we're going to take a look at today. Okay, so just rewinding, this whole community aspect is just one of the words that is being used a lot in this space. However, it is very important. Anyone that has spent a lot of time in this space actually engaging with the community in Discord or actually interacting on Twitter, the things that you guys align yourselves around, it really makes a huge difference as to how much value that particular NFT has to an individual. Because I can definitely tell you there's some communities that I just do not like. And for whatever reason, it does not matter how cheap the NFT is or how great the art is or whatever it might be, I just don't necessarily associate myself with them simply because they just don't vibe with me, right? So as far as being in the community and being a part of it and understanding what this art represents, or even if it's not really an art-driven NFT where there's a piece that really identifies with the community, because some of these, it's all about the utility. But once you're actually in there and you're communicating and uh, going back and forth with the founders and different things, it really does affect how the whole experience is with that. And a lot of times, even in Web2, there's various communities that are built because a community-driven project is just like the new thing right now as far as corporate experiences. As these advertising budgets and all these different things are being blown out with online, uh, it is more and more important to build strong communities. And we're not just talking about Web3 projects and tech communities. We're talking about all sorts of things. Even major Fortune 500 companies in the US are building communities around whatever it is. For example, Nike might have some sort of fitness community being built up. Peloton or CrossFit with these fitness challenges and all these different things, big companies are building communities because they realize the importance of that. And that's just one of the growing uh, jobs and people are, or companies, I should say, are always searching for community builders because of the whole uh, importance of this aspect. So going to this whole community building in Web3, the association with an NFT project, a lot of the times it's the, the founder that sets the tone. I really should say it is all the time. The founder sets the tone of that particular community. And if a founder is overextended, perhaps running two and three projects and uh, might have other gigs and other commitments, it really waters down his or her presence in the community. And it does affect how everything rolls out. Initially, when things are getting started, there is a lot of pressure that is on a founder to be the most engaged, the most active person, because it really sets the tone for that community. 
But even before that community is actually starting to be built and uh, the people are coming, just understanding how everyone's going to be drawn into this community, setting up everything to attract the right people into it is very important. And in Web2, we would call that a funnel. Now, a funnel is a marketing term that is used. uh, If you picture the shape of a funnel, it actually has a broad top. And it narrows down and it goes into the bottle at a very narrow hole, right? It's shaped like an inverted triangle. What that represents is a, a wide opening at the top trying to attract as many people as possible. And as you get down to the bottom, it gets more narrow and it goes into, usually in the case of uh, trying to make a sale, it goes into buying into a system. And in this case, we're talking about the NFTs. What is attracting people into that top usually is something that we use, we communicate a motive or what the goal is for uh, what this project is or what this uh, item is, what is trying to be communicated to the particular audience. And then something is going to be offered to draw people in. At the top of the funnel, it is something that is going to have the most mass appeal, the easiest one, the lowest barrier of entry. And as you go down, it's going to be the people that are most committed, most interested, and to the point when they're actually willing to take out their wallet and make a purchase. How this would typically work in traditional marketing, is a little bit hazy when it comes to Web3 because normally you have to convince customers to know, like, and trust you, build some rapport, and then there is a value that is being presented in whatever case. And when once a person trusts that brand or that seller, that vendor, whatever it is, and they're at the point now when they're getting ready to make that purchase to basically convince them to go that last step. That is the whole process of the funnel. However, in Web3, it's actually pretty funny. It's like we are just banking on the fact that the novelty of the space and people understand what an NFT is and uh, here's the roadmap and quick, take out your wallet. That is the built-in mentality up until this point. So being able to uh, communicate all these missions and getting everything in and building a proper quote-unquote funnel in a Web3 sense is uh, pretty crazy for someone who comes from a marketing background in the sense that a lot of times uh, these motives, the mission, the message and everything from the founder and the goal and everything might not be properly communicated. Now, trust me, the best projects out there, they are fully communicated and everything is laid out in a way and a very visible and active founder helps to spread this message. However, the vast majority of projects that are coming to the blockchain are not like that. It is banking on the fact of the novelty or just the art or whatever it might be. And it is very watered down and not properly put together. And just assuming that this is an NFT, it's going to sell itself. And that is a very bad approach. And a lot of people just FOMO into things, make their purchase very quickly and don't do the research, don't need to be warmed up and all sorts of things. However, as this space really starts to mature, the the people that are just have an endless amount of uh, crypto because they were whales from day one. They've been buying and storing crypto for years now. Once this space came out and the novelty of it, it was very easy to get them to spend something because they have all this crypto anyways. So it might as well just have some fun with it, right? But now as more people are coming in with their fiat money from their jobs or whatever it might be, this whole process of nurturing and bringing in the right people and filtering becomes even more important. But going back to the whole building up the community, that whole experience and having the right people in it, a lot of the times the problem with this is the bait. What is being used to attract those people? And in marketing, we would call that the lead magnet or the freebie or something to really get those people into the door. 
And this really is in any industry, let's say with real estate, it might be something as simple as a home buyer's guide. It might be something as simple as the best, a list of the best schools in the area. Or in the case of getting a loan, it might be the various things to uh, boost your credit rating in order to get a lower interest at a loan. Various industries, they have all sorts of different things. But when it comes to uh, this NFT space, a lot of the times they might have a promo NFT depending, especially if you're on like the Wax blockchain or somewhere that has uh, either free or no gas then yes, you might get a promo NFT just to come into the ecosystem, start interacting with the people. But for the most part, the freebies and things that we're seeing to really attract the crowd happens to be with giveaways and promotions, retweet and add this and you'll get on the whitelist and all sorts of different things. And that in itself is setting the wrong bait. And if you've ever gone fishing or if you're ever trying to catch pests, that the bait attracts different things. So if you're trying to catch a, let's say a shark you wouldn't use bananas. Or if you're trying to catch a dog, you wouldn't use a bunch of peanuts, different things like that. Depending what you're trying to catch or what you're trying to attract is exactly what you're going to use as your bait. Now, in this case, using all these freebies, all these promotions and all sorts of generic marketing tactics, it is watering down who is getting attracted into the project. And it's going to either A, attract the people that don't really care. They're just looking at the numbers and want a quick flip. Or B, you're going to attract the people that are only looking for free things and a to gain things and not really contribute to the community. So it's very strange and it's a thin line that we're walking and everything is we're breaking it and we're just building the stuff, trying to learn it. However, the mistakes that I have seen in Web 2, a lot of these are sort of being repeated in Web 3. The only difference is everything's happened at such an accelerated pace and we're skipping a lot of steps that we, we could even look at Web 2 examples and say, okay, this is what went wrong there. This is what we should learn from them, even software companies, business to business companies, whatever it might be, software as a service, anything like that, understanding, okay, this is how they grew their their base. This is how they scaled up their company. We're not even looking at that for the most part. We're just rushing to this whole new frontier and understanding people will always be people. And when you're thinking of a community base, we're trying to build projects that really keep these 10,000, 8,000, whatever it might be, people interacted and engaged. There is a, a, a lot of thought that has to go into setting up this process, onboarding the right people, using the right bait to come into the system. And what you realize very quickly is if you have a weak community being built, everything is going to be top down. It's all the founders doing the communications. And a lot of the conversations are going to be around what the audience can get or in the case of this, the NFT holders, what are we going to do? Are there going to be free airdrops? How do we get the floor price up? And all these different things. And it gets very exhausting. The founder who is uh, usually not even prepared or equipped to navigate all of this can quickly get discouraged and things start to go downhill very quickly. And the more discouraged the founder gets or a team gets, they start to pull away and the content, the engagement starts to fall and very quickly things can fall apart. And in the offline world, this is very much like a founder or a business owner who actually builds a company that, although it might be very profitable, there are employees, there are customers, but it is an absolute drag. It is a miserable experience to go in from day to day. And building such a company, or in this case, such a project, a community, it is just an awful thing. So a lot of times, those owners will shut it down, or in the case of these projects, it'll just fizzle out. Whether or not a community wants to take it over, or it just whole all falls flat, is to be seen. However, what I learned in Web 2, I will just share now, which is my experience of actually building a community that I did not enjoy spending time with. So 
Full transparency, I will actually share my failures building a community, and this is why I'm in no rush of uh, launching my 10,000 project or something and starting my own Discord server and everything, because I know it takes time, and it really has to be done properly. It's not something that can be rushed, and failing at this in uh, Web 2, I know for sure that I'm not going to make the same mistake in Web 3. So my first attempt at building a community, and this is different than just building an, an audience or a customer base for products or services, actually building a community where people can engage and what have you was right at the start of COVID. At the start of COVID, uh, long story short, I'm down here. I am in Jamaica, physically located, and I run a family business and I manage a family business. But once COVID hit, literally 100 people a day were coming to us asking for work. And at this point, all the sales were down. We kept full staff. We had everyone there. And we were just literally, we we're keeping our door open to make payroll, basically. That's what we were doing. And we kept everyone still fully working. So we could not take on any more staff whatsoever. However, I realized that I had a skill set that, okay, I can't hire these people. However, I can teach the tools and things that I know about online marketing, online business, building your own website, and maybe someone can help themselves online. So I started to put out all this information absolutely free. I wasn't charging for anything. And quickly, I scaled up. My email list got very uh, big and, and not big in the sense of like millions like a Gary Vaynerchuk or something. But it was very sizable very quickly. And I was giving out free guides, free information. I was doing free workshops and all of these different things. And what I attracted were a bunch of people that wanted free things and not necessarily wanting to do the work. They were attracted by the fact that it was an online business opportunity, although I was teaching fundamental things. But once I started to get emails such as, well, that sounds like a lot of work. What can I do to make it quicker? Or that actually sounds like having a job or different things like that. And I was like, oh man, what am I doing wrong here? Did I just make this thing seem like it was just a walk in the park, like scratching off a lotto ticket, whatever it is. And I started to get very discouraged with the community. The Facebook group that I had, I was running challenges, helping people set up different things, uh, wh whether it be their content production, their e-commerce, launching their ideas and all sorts of things. I'm answering various things like how to get your WordPress online, how to set up all of this uh, tech stuff. It was the same thing over and over. It was me basically putting out information, teaching all of this stuff, and it was all on me. The community was not engaged, and it felt like I was just literally just working for nothing. Nothing was coming back as far as the response. No one else was helping to create any of the content. And literally, it was all on me. And I realized, okay, I have an audience right now. This is not a community. This feels like it is a, a one-way communication. And it's either they're going to run with this free advice that I'm giving out or that's it's about at the end of the day, they wanted everything and really weren't contributing to help another person. And I realized that, wow, I built a monster of a community. It wasn't even a community. I built a monster of an audience that just happened to be in a group and only engaged with me when I was putting out content. And it really seemed like a chore. So what I did is I launched this uh, huge challenge. Actually, I, I got a whole bunch of people in it. And I said, this is going to be it. I'm going to do this. And uh, based on how this is going, I'm going to really decide as to the direction where the community went. And the same thing happened again. It was this one-way communication. And literally, it felt like I was pulling teeth. I was putting out the best information that I possibly could. I literally threw in the kitchen sink. It was like I was just giving them everything. And it was at that point I realized, you know what? I built a community, or again, a crowd, not a community, of people 
that I did not necessarily enjoy being with. Yes, the mission was there and I wanted to serve them. I wanted to give out this information. I knew I had something of value, but it felt like I was trying to start a fire with a bunch of wet logs. Now that sounds like a terrible analogy. However, I just wanted to tell you this because I made that mistake. And one thing that really jumped out to me, and I will never forget this as far as building a community, building an audience, it's or building that dream customer, that dream community member, that dream, uh, whatever it is, anyone that you're trying to attract with whatever that is you're putting out, whether it be your content or some sort of uh, lead magnet, like I said, all the freebies or whatever it might be, is asking yourself, what type of person would I want to fly on a cross-country trip sitting next to? The people that I have in mind that I want to attract it better be someone that I would love or n- at least not not mind sitting with, let's say, flying from Los Angeles to New York, five, six hours in a plane, and you're sitting next to them. You have nowhere to go. Is this someone that I could tolerate? If not, do not try to build a community or attract that person. Now, if it is, okay, that is a great starting point. And at that point now, what is it going to take to attract that person How am I going to uh, build a mission that is aligned with that person and aligned with my goals and values and everything so that way we can actually march forward together with that? And at that point, it's not going to be pulling teeth or anything like that. So now when I'm actually evaluating communities and putting that into the price of the NFT, when I'm saying, okay, is it worth that? I tend to spend a lot more time in the community, in the Discord, interacting with the people, uh, asking them questions, see how they're engaging on Twitter, all these different things before I even think about making the purchase. And I more so do this since I came over on uh, Ethereum. Uh, on Wax, literally, it was like, if it was cool, I am buying it because whether it be the novelty of it or there was a game, just so much utility. However, over on Ethereum, it really is a different ball game than any of the other blockchains for the most part that I would say, because even on Soul, yes, there is uh, a little bit more uh, in the game as far as uh, in line with with an Ethereum-based project. However, even over there, it's slightly different. The main project that I'm in, it was initially because of the art, and then once I got into the community, then I realized, okay, this is a really cool community and I like these people. However, this was really before I made the, the link and the connection and understanding that the driving force behind the project, for the most part, nine out of 10 times is going to be the community. And I happened to learn that after the fact over there. But going back to this whole thing, when I'm in this Discord, I'm interacting with these people. That is something that I actually ask myself. If we were going on a road trip, if we were taking a cross-country trip, Do I identify people in this community that I would actually enjoy sitting next to that I would want to spend that time with? If not, then I need to find a different community to uh, align myself with. Not saying that project or that community isn't going to make it. It just means that I don't even understand the metrics. I don't understand what drives these people or how I can even relate to the community. So really, there is no way for me to monitor and understand and judge and engage. Is this a good buy? Is this project? valued correctly or not. And again, this is all a guessing game. So do not go by this and say, uh, this is uh, a complete science and this is how uh, I should do it. No, this is the formula and how I am evaluating communities and how I'm looking at it. And I tend to put the community value into uh, the price of the NFT probably more than most factors. The only other thing that I'd put ahead of this is actually the founders itself. So number one, I would put the founders. Number two, I would put the community. 
And then anything else after that really just falls in line depending on the project, whether it be the actual art or the actual uh, utility and promises and the roadmap and all that different thing. It really just depends on the project, but definitely uh, founder, community, everything else, depending on the project, how those everything else will be stacked up. So with all that, I covered a lot as far as I did Web2 funnels, discussed the various shortcomings of even my own projects, things that I've seen, different founders fizzle out. And now I'm starting to see the same things, the same common links in uh, various Web3 projects. And a lot of the time people want to think that, oh man, this was... Uh, doomed for all these different reasons. But honestly, I think a lot of the time is it's just that founder was overextended, burned out because it was a one-way communication. Everything was on them and the community was just not really there to help drive that project. Because anyone that's in business knows it is very discouraging. And in this tech space, there is uh, a lot of people that are not necessarily entrepreneurial by nature. They're uh, either artsy or they are someone who just loves to create. They're a creative person. I, I don't think artsy is a word. Actually, I know artsy isn't a word, but they're a creative person or a techie person that just wants to code. But at the end of the day, they just want to build and bring an idea to life. So to understand all the ups and downs and finances, business and attracting customers, in this case, community members and, and all that, navigating and negotiating a brand, it is a lot for a lot of people to overcome. So because of that, founders will get discouraged and in this case, projects who eventually fall flat in a short period of time. But of course, I hate to end on a negative note and I'll just flip it on the other side and say, at the same time, there are different companies and projects that are struggling, going through rough times right now. But based on what is being built, the community that is there and the founders, how positive they are, how they are committed to building this dream out and scaling this to something else, there is hope. And with a positive community, there is positive feedback and encouragement and everything just, uh, it's like a flywheel at that point. Positivity is going in, positivity is coming out. And quite the opposite could happen with the negativity. But again, I'm ending on a positive note, focusing on the positivity, and that is where I will land the plane. So hopefully you found that interesting and helpful. However, if you're just someone who absolutely loves hearing all of this stuff about the uh, nifty business space and everything that we're actually doing and learning and building, and you want a more overview, a broad approach of things that I necessarily might not cover in these episodes, a great way to do that is to go to niftybusinessweek.com. And there's an actually a newsletter that I put together. I give a uh, some insight as to what I'm thinking about as far as how this stuff is being placed together. But also, I present some ideas and episodes and articles that might not be uh, on your radar that you can actually read and follow up on, get some uh, quick insight because I can't make an episode on everything. And also for the fun of it, just for signing up for that, if you reply with your wax address and I will airdrop you a free NFT. So we're also having some fun. We're learning about this stuff. We're building it together. And of course on wax, there is no gas. So that is literally a free NFT. It will not cost you anything. But as usual, thank you for listening, spending this time with me, and I would look forward to seeing you in the next one. Later. The Nifty Business Show is not investment advice. It provides insights and information within the space. As with anything, please do your own research before making a decision whether you're making an investment or a purchase.